Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, Aubrey. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, of course. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? And, and well, I mean, if you'd like to jump into it, I want to hear all about your story. So we can kind of start from there. Sure. So my name is Aubrey Daimler. I am an author and a wellness coach. So I work specifically with women who have endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And I help them to naturally manage pain, increase energy, and find peace with endo. So that's my overall brand is peace with endo. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that starts from my personal story. So I've always struggled with incredibly excruciating periods from the very beginning and was told at an early age, that was normal. That was part of being a woman. You got cramps Mm -hmm. with your period. My mom always had issues as well. So I grew up with this notion that pain with your periods is normal. I remember going to my doctors and they would just prescribe me ibuprofen and kind of send me on my way. And ibuprofen doesn't do much to help with endopain. At the time, of course, I didn't know I had endometriosis. I thought that this was just normal and a part of being a woman. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, getting on the pill when I was 17, birth control pill, and that did help with the pain that I was having with my periods. Came with other side effects, unfortunately. Um, I had a lot of digestive type issues and mental impacts, so I was mm-hmm. depressed. I had these crazy manic mood swings um, and really scary downs, so mm-hmm. you know, almost suicidal type depression. So, and I didn't know at the time that it was the pill was contributing to a lot of that. So I ended up getting off the pill when I was 27. So I was on it for 10 years. And this was shortly before I got married to my husband. And the symptoms started getting worse again. Like as my period started up, started having pain, really bad pain. And I was going to the doctor again, like this is all going on. Um, And I had other symptoms cropping up. So I was spotting like weird times in between my cycle. I had pain with sex. I was bleeding after sex. And I had a lot of digestive type issues. There was a lot of stuff going on that I knew something was wrong intuitively and went to my gynecologist and told her all of these things. And the advice that was the same, you know, you can get back on the pill or you can take a lot of ibuprofen. Essentially, that's all I heard from the doctors. Um, But I was missing work as things started progressing with the periods. Like I was calling in every month. Like I couldn't function during that mm-hmm. time. So I was missing work. And it was actually a coworker of mine who noticed because the times that I did come to work, I managed to like drag myself in. You could tell something was wrong with me. Like I was ill, um, not well. And she's like, I think you might have endometriosis. My best friend has it and I've watched her struggle with it. I think it could be a possibility that you have it too. And I was 28, I think at that time. Um, and I had never heard of endometriosis. Like I had, 
that wasn't even a part of my vocabulary. Um, so I started Googling, like, what is this endometriosis? Yeah. <laughs> um, and started connecting with women in support groups. Like I kind of started being a fly on the wall and listening to these little stories and all of their symptoms. And the pieces started to come together for me. Like, I think I, this might be a possibility. Like I might have this. So I went back to my gynecologist and I was waiting for her to diagnose me. Like I went over all the symptoms again and she never said it. Like I brought it up and like, I think I might have this endometriosis. The only way to get diagnosed for sure with endometriosis is to have surgery. Mm-hmm. So that's what she kind of directed me down the next path. They go in with a camera laparoscopically. They look around. If they find endo, they actually cut it out. So that was the process I did in 2011. I had the surgery and I was diagnosed officially, finally, with endometriosis when I was 29. Mm-hmm. So of course, now I had the diagnosis, which was helpful because, you know, I had a name for the pain. I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. Like this was not normal all these years that I was told this was normal. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a direction in which to go in. Um, so I, the treatment options that were offered to me were to get back on the pill, of course, mm-hmm. or to get pregnant as soon as possible. Like that's what the oh. surgeon told me. <laughs> so those were the two choices. <laughs> And my husband and I just got married, you know, we talked about kids, but it wasn't like a main thing at the time. It was like, okay, well, I guess if that's the route we're going to go, like we're going to go that way. But at the time that's easier said than done because I was struggling with pain with sex and ovulation was incredibly painful when you're supposed to get pregnant. So there's a lot of things that were, um, I guess, a roadblock in the way of just, I'm going to just go get pregnant. Even though my friends at the time were like popping out kids left and right, like no problems. Yeah. Um, struggle for me. And um, that started to grow and kind of became part of the story as well as struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I made the choice at that time to jump into more of a holistic path of healing. And I decided I'm not getting back on the pill. So I started feeling normal mentally. And I didn't realize how much that was impacting me mentally until I got off the pill. So I was starting to feel like normal again. I'm like, I'm not going back down that way. Like there has to be another way. And that's really when I stepped into the world of holistic healing, started with diet. And um, I found stories of women online who were managing the pain and managing their symptoms with the endo diet. So I kind of jumped two feet in and started changing what I was eating and um, got into toxins, you know, and releasing a lot of things that were influencing my system in that way and stress and all of these things. Um, so, and I've been chronicling or writing, I guess, about this journey on my blog over at Peace with Endo. So it just kind of evolved from that point of curiosity and exploration and being open to trying new things. What pushed you to start your blog? Was it wanting to connect with people kind of going through the same thing as you or what, what kind of pushed you in that direction? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm a researcher, like I love to learn new things. I'm always Mm -hmm. reading and it gave me a space and I love to write as well. Like writing is a natural gift of mine. So I I needed, it's almost like I needed that space to like put it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time I was connecting with a lot of women in support groups. So I was very involved like on Facebook support groups and I wanted to help other women. So the blog gave me a space to start to share some of the stuff that I was learning. Mm-hmm. and to connect with people and I didn't realize at the time it was going to turn into like a worldwide thing and um, it's turned into really a big worldwide community now yeah 
Yeah. What, so for, if someone's listening right now and they don't, they kind of feel like they have some of the similar symptoms to you, what, but they don't really even know what endometriosis is. How would you explain it to them? So endometriosis is when cells that are similar um, to those that line the uterus, which is called the endometrium, end up outside of the uterus. So they're similar to those that are in the uterus. So somehow they get um, detached and start attaching themselves outside. So very commonly found in the pelvic space, um, ovaries and the uterus and in that area. But endo can go anywhere in the body. Um, it doesn't stop just in that space. But that's mostly where you're going to notice it. Um, mm -hmm. So some of the symptoms, again, that I had were super painful periods, um, pain with sex, um, getting that kind of lower back pain, especially near my period, and um, having digestive type issues. A lot of ladies have issues like with bowel movements, like it'll be painful um, for the bowel movements and urination, a lot of people have bladder type issues. So one of the issues I think with getting diagnosed, it takes a long time in general for women to get diagnosed. I think the average is eight years. And wow. it took me 17 years, which is a long time because it's systemic and it's showing up in different ways. Like even migraines, like some women will get migraines or fatigue is another big one. So there's all these like systemic um, symptoms mm -hmm. that sometimes it takes the right doctor to be able to look at the big picture. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're in that beginning process is not to don't give up and just find somebody who will listen to you. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, there's a lot of support out there if you want to start just connecting with other women that have it to see. Because mm -hmm. that for me, honestly, has been my best source of information is connecting to the community of women um, and learning from them. Because mm -hmm. you don't always learn what you need to know in the doctor's office, right? You can learn more from talking to people that actually have the disease. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You also uh, live with Hashimoto's too, don't you? Mm -hmm. I do. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's a few years back. Was it um, after the endo diagnosis? Mm -hmm. So probably about a year or so afterwards. Okay. And it's, I started exploring like my thyroid because I wasn't getting pregnant um, and I was mm. having issues with the infertility. So of course it's like, well, check your thyroid. Oh, okay. I got checked for the thyroid and um, my levels actually came back fine. Um, mm -hmm. But my doctor, luckily my primary care doctor tested the antibodies, the thyroid antibodies, oh, wow. and those came back high. Uh, so she's like, that could be an indicator. So she sent me in for an ultrasound and they took a look at my thyroid and I actually had a nodule on the mm -hmm. right side. Mm -hmm. So she's like, it's pretty it's pretty sure that you've got Hashimoto's but since my levels were fine um, she didn't put me on any type of medication oh interesting so yeah and I, I find that a lot with um, the doctors don't always test the antibodies a lot mm. of times you have to ask for them to do that uh, so yeah. that's good to know if you're exploring the thyroid yeah for sure I was diagnosed with hypothyroid um Oh my gosh, almost 10 years ago now, but it wasn't, I wasn't told that I had Hashimoto's until about two and a half years ago now. So, um, I mean, there's a possibility that it was hypo first and then it became Hashimoto's, but probably not. Um, it was just a thing that my doctors didn't test for. And I had no idea that you had to ask them to test for antibodies. It wasn't, it wasn't until I got a, I moved to a new place. I moved here to Chicago and I got a, 
a doctor that was like, maybe we should test your antibodies um, just randomly. Otherwise, I still probably wouldn't wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the I think Hashimoto's is is very similar to endo. Like it's mm -hmm. another type thing that's not understood. A lot of the doctors aren't educated on it, unfortunately, and that's another thing of connecting again, I think to the community, um, mm -hmm. help you. You don't always get the information you're looking for in the doctor's office. They just don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't want to give the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. In some cases, but so, so what do you do holistically, energetically just to, to heal yourself and to continue on your healing journey? How do you kind of how do you kind of keep going the day by day with, with endo and Hashimoto's? Right. So a diet is a huge part of that. Um, mm -hmm. That was, and again, that was where I started, but it's still a foundational part of what you feed yourself. So paying attention yep. to eliminating some of these inflammatory foods. So mm -hmm. this is true, both with endo and Hashimoto's things like um, gluten, right? Which is in wheat and uh, barley and rye can be a big trigger uh, dairy is another one that I avoid and soy and eggs and corn. So those are the main five that I avoid. Mm -hmm. But I think we tend to get caught up, especially when you start in this diet, when you step into the world of I'm going to change my diet, I'm going to heal myself. You yeah. can get a little overboard with all the cutting. So it's also important to nourish yourself and to add in. So eating plant-based type meals, you know, eating heavy on the plants, fruits and vegetables. If it grows in the ground, it's probably a good choice, more of a whole food type approach. Mm -hmm. um, just avoiding the processed type foods. That's a general rule. Um, toxins, I mentioned that before, and you know, we've talked about that a little bit here on the podcast before. So yeah. paying attention to what you're in your skin and what you're coming into contact with. Um, in your household, things that you can control. That's another one of those things that you can start to freak out about because <laughs> the world is very toxic yeah um, so making changes I know you've done a great episode on that if people want to go back and listen to that one about what some changes you can do I've done similar things as well mm -hmm. uh, and stress is another huge trigger so building that time in for yourself um, for me that's shown up as meditation is a key part of my continuing journey mm -hmm. uh, to ground myself and to kind of connect back into to yourself I think as you get on this self-healing journey, it's really important to tap into that, it's that intuitive part of yourself. And so start to listen to that guidance that you have inside of you. And I think by getting still and getting quiet, you're creating space for that connection. Mm -hmm. um, and creativity is also another huge part, finding a way to express yourself, be that through writing, be it through singing or music or any type of thing that gets that creative energy flowing, I think is helpful especially when you live with a chronic illness, finding a way mm -hmm. to release some of the emotional stuff that can come from living with something that's, you know, it's chronic and it affects your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And having a strong community, as I mentioned that before. So finding support around you, people to talk to um, is huge as well. Yeah. And kind of the pillars of everything. So diet, stress, toxins, um, and sleep is another huge one too. So yeah, that's something that I'm constantly working on. You know, that sleep hygiene, that, that plays a really big role in how you feel too. Mm -hmm. 
How do you think your journey and your diagnosis have kind of paved where you're at now in life? Has, has it brought in great new things maybe from, from your diagnosis, but then also different ways that you've kind of had to work through that? Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think the diagnosis one was big because it gave me validation. Yes. This is yeah. real. It's yep. a real thing. And it's not normal. Not just in my head. Normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm sure you can relate to. Yeah. So having that was big, having that validation. And, you know, I think for with endo, at least you get the pain. And mm-hmm. I know with Hashimoto's, you get the fatigue. Um, mm-hmm. And those two play in together. But I think you can use your symptoms. And I think you can use that as a teacher in a sense. So I don't think it's all been bad because this has forced me. It forced me to take care of myself. It forced me to make big changes with how I was treating myself because I wasn't treating myself very well. And it became a point where it's like, okay, well now you don't have a choice. Like you're going to feel feeling all the impacts of the choices that you make. And that's hard to explain to somebody if they don't, if they're not in that position. Um, because people aren't always in that place where they're taking care of themselves. And when they see you making these changes and taking care of yourself, they don't always understand that if you don't do that, you know, you're going to have physical repercussions from it. So I do, I do feel like in that sense, it's been good because it's forced me to change how I care for myself. And if I don't, again, you feel the physical effects of it. Yeah. And it's opened me up to a great community of people all over the world so that's cool too. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you work with people with peace with endo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm a coach. So, yeah. So it brought that open too, which is great. Exactly. Um, and connecting and, and helping people to get better. So there's always that ripple effect of I'm helping somebody who may not have gotten that help um, before. And I actually have somebody who's close to me at the moment who I grew up with who is in the process of getting diagnosed. And it's cool to see the ripple effect of that because Mm -hmm. I've been open about this and talking about it now for years. And um, she knew when she started having these symptoms, like this isn't normal. So her experience was totally different from mine because I had opened up and talked about it. And she had somebody now that she knew because I've been open about it. She knows she has somebody she can talk to and she can go through this initial process with. So Mm -hmm. I think there's that ripple effect of she's having a different experience of feeling heard and validated and getting diagnosed early and having a whole different experience with things. So that's cool to see that too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. My, uh, one of my best friends has endo and PCOS and, um, and she's just, she's in the space where she's trying to help people and make a community as well. Just, just to kind of find people that she can talk with, that she can kind of bounce things off of it. it, Is there like, what am I trying to say? Like any advice you would give to people that are just starting out or just finding out, I guess I should say that they have endo that they could, that they could go about doing. Mm -hmm. So I would find if you're going to go the medical route, because again, the only way to get diagnosed is to have the surgery. 
So if you decide, yes, I want to have surgery. um, For me, I made the choice that yes, I did because I wanted to know, like, I just Mm -hmm. wanted to know for sure. Yeah. Because I was trying to sort of start to make some of these changes, but at the same time, I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out, right? (laughs) And it was helpful for me to have other people. And I think I needed that validation to like, yes, I have this disease, you know, to tell other people, (laughs) I'm not just crazy. There is something going on. (laughs) Yeah. So if you, if you decide to do that, if you decide to have the surgery and get officially diagnosed, um, I would find somebody who's well versed in endometriosis. So I'd find a specialist mm-hmm. and there's actually different types of surgery that they do. So there's ablation, which is where they go in and essentially like burn off the top of any endo that they find. Mm-hmm. And there's excision where excision, they actually go in and cut it out. So they take it mm-hmm. out from the root. So you want to find somebody that does the excision rather than the ablation. Ablation can make things work in the long run. Mm. So find somebody who's a specialist and find somebody who does excision. That would be my recommendation starting out um, if you feel called to have the surgery. Yeah. Uh, The treatment options for endo in the conventional medical system are going to be limited. Mm -hmm. So usually hormonal type therapy, so birth controls or... um, other things that manipulate GN- GNRH, which is a hormone in your brain uh, that stops, essentially stops the menstrual cycle from happening. Mm-hmm. So there's those two things or there's surgery. Like, so a lot of the options are going to come with side effects and long-term side effects. So just know that there's another way. And if you want to follow a holistic way that it's totally possible, it's totally possible to heal your body. I believe mm-hmm. with both conditions with Hashimoto's and endo, it takes time and it's a journey um, mm-hmm. for sure, but just know that it's possible. Yeah. Would you consider yourself in a, in a pretty good place where you're at right now? I mean, a healing journey is always a journey, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I've come a long, long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Part of the reason, um, so I have the new book that's coming out, or that is out yeah. now, Energetics Window. And so after all of these things that I did, I still like hit a wall in my journey. Like I was still getting this pain with my periods, which was so frustrating to me. It's like, I've made all these changes, you know, I've totally changed my life. And I'm still having this excruciating pain with my periods. And also the infertility piece um, was a big part of why I started writing the book. So... I also think that there are other means. So as I started exploring emotional, spiritual, um, deeper, addressing more of that soul body. So I was addressing like the physical body and trying to heal for so long on a physical level, but it really was when I started addressing that soul energetic body that I was actually able to finally release that pain with my periods. Mm. So my period pain has gone from traumatic, excruciating, oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) die, to now it's just mild and I can handle it within a couple of hours. I can get the pain under control. So it's not, it's not near what it was. And it's been two years now where that that has stayed away. So I think I'm pretty much in the clear. Of course, endo is a tricky disease, um, but I do believe that that part of it is gone. Like the trauma part of it is left. The healing that I've done deeper much more manageable and and of course it's always a struggle and it's a maintenance thing as you know you have to you have to keep up with the diet and um serving yourself well I can still I still get flare-ups if I'm not if I fall off track 
So yeah. just knowing you can always get back on track. And like you said, it's a journey. <laughs> yep. Um, but I've come so far from where I've been and I know that I have the tools now. So it's not as much of a freak out as it once was like, Oh my gosh, I have this pain. I need to go see the doctor. I need to do this. It's more like, okay, what's, what's off in my life. And I have that awareness to be able to, mm. and the tools to be able to shift course back on to feeling better. So I think there's empowerment there of knowing that you have those tools available. Yeah, I think it's so powerful. That's one thing with my journey was just getting in touch with myself and the things that made me feel good, the things that didn't make me feel good. And um, I always have thought that I've that I was an intuitive person, but until I actually practiced that, I really wasn't intuitive because I would ignore things because I still wanted to have that chips and salsa, even though those chips made me feel awful. So it's just like when you get to a point where you're really listening to yourself, when you do have these flare ups or when you aren't feeling great, instead of going into full freak out mode, you're able to be like, like you just said, you're able to be like, okay, what have I been doing? What should I try? What's worked for me in the past? Or maybe it's something new, but you know, you can kind of listen in to yourself and kind of see what's off, I think. Right. And you can use those signs. I think your body is always giving you signs and signals. And perhaps it's just you need to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> you need to chill out. Like you need to rest. And sometimes yep. you're forced to do that. Sometimes you're just, yep. nope, <laughs> you're not yep. doing anything today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have to listen out. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a, a continuing thing I work with too. Cause I think, you know, I'm an achiever at heart and I, mm. it took me a long time to learn how to rest. And that's still, I think like a learning process. Yeah. Um, uh, like you have to chill out. Like it's okay not to be doing all the time and just learning how to be and just chill and like rest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it sounds so simple, but at the same time, it can be so difficult, but it can also be simple. It can be something as simple as being like, I need to put this down and I need to rest. Like, this is just what I need to do. You'll probably come back to whatever you were doing and do it even better than you were because you were distracted. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So tell us more about your book. I started reading it. I'm loving it. I've been reading it. I have it like up at work. I probably shouldn't <laughs> say that, but I have it when I have time. I'm just reading through it and I love your writing style. So I'd love to hear every, for everybody to hear more about it. Sure. Um, and as I mentioned, I started this because um, I was trying to get deeper into what's going on. Um, so as I was training to be a coach, um, I went to school at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition uh, back in 2013. And as I was going through the program, I started connecting with other coaches and people were practicing on me and I was practicing on other people. And this whole topic of energy kept coming up and chakras and you have blocked energy in your chakras. And like, I didn't really know what that meant back then. Like I had a yeah. high level view of chakras, like I did yoga and oh, I've heard of these things. Um, <laughs> but that's when it first started like entering my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And I think got me curious a little bit about it. Um, so little did I know then of this journey that would unfold within the chakra system. Um, so those who aren't familiar with the chakras, just a quick lowdown of how it goes. Mm -hmm. But this is Eastern type philosophy, that there's seven different energy centers that go up and down your spine and those centers are 
kind of like meeting points for different parts of your endocrine system and your nervous system. And if you've ever done any type of alternative, if you've stepped into like acupuncture, or acupressure, or even yoga, um, they're all based around this idea of meridians, which is this energetic flow. So there's different words for it in the alternative world, chi or shakti or uh, life force. It's your energy that's flowing through these meridians that actually lines up with your circulatory system. So I've done studies on this, which I find so fascinating um, that the meridians actually do show up physically. So this is an old ancient type practice, um, yeah. the energy and the chakras. Um, so when the energy is not flowing through the system, it can get blocked up in certain areas. And the chakras relate to different emotional type um, things and emotions are energy, number one. So your emotions, if you're not feeling through those emotions, you're not processing them all the time, they can get stopped up and blocked up in certain areas of your body. So the book kind of goes into more of this energetic side of things, definitely using the chakra system um, and exploring those emotional blocks that can show up. So I think ultimately the process has been this journey of learning how to feel again, um, because I've been disconnected for a really long time, especially from those lower chakras, from that pelvic area and the root chakra, which is at the base of your spine. Um, there's that disconnection that happens energetically because you're in so much pain. Mm -hmm. um, and this has also shown up in my throat space as well, which very much relates to Hashimoto's. Uh, so the sacral space, which is where your pelvis is, where all your reproductive organs are connected to that throat space. Um, energetically, it's connected physically with your thyroid. Thyroid mm -hmm. plays a big role in your reproductive system. So one thing that I found is writing the book was actually that I had that, I have issues in my throat. And as I was working with these energy healers, the story kind of goes through um, just the process of what happened once I started exploring and the people that came into my life and all of these synchronicities started happening as I was writing this book which was really cool um, as mm -hmm. I started opening up to exploration like mm -hmm. these people started coming to me and they came to me with messages and lessons and like big deeper healing that happened pretty quickly once I opened up to receiving it yeah which has been a big theme in the book as well is like letting down the walls and allowing that healing to come in because what's happened over the years is that disconnection has happened and there's been pain and trauma in that space, especially in that pelvic space, is like I've been disconnected from energetically from that side of me. So I've been living more like up in my head, not down in my body. And when you disconnect, like the energy's not flowing. So it's just yeah. like, I had like this wall of energy around my pelvis because it was protecting myself. Like I didn't yeah. want anything coming in. So I was looking for these blocks as I was writing the book and it showed up like, there it is in my energy. <laughs> I had this huge block around that whole pelvic area because I was protecting it because mm -hmm. there was so much pain. So the energy wasn't flowing because it was literally like, nope, like yep. there's a wall here. You're not getting Stop through. Here. <laughs> like, yep. it's, it's interesting how it was showing up in my energy. So I started working with these energy healers and I started doing Reiki, mm -hmm. which came into my life. Um, I wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. <laughs> so I started in Reiki and I connected with this other amazing healer and um, started to let down the walls and started to allow that healing to come in. 
And I think um, addressing that throat space as well and learning to like speak up and use my voice and um, continue to talk about these things has been, I think, a big part for me. And I think it's also a big part for somebody who has Hashimoto's is to explore that throat space and you know, do you feel like you can fully express yourself? Do you feel like you can speak your truth and you have, are safe to do so? Um, and really getting curious about, you know, what's going on in a deeper energetic, emotional type level of healing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the book kind of goes into. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I've been, I've been loving it. Um, I have already, I've already uh, recommended it to my friend that I was telling you about that has endo. So I know that she'll love it too. So that's awesome. So if people wanted to find out more about you, if they wanted to work with you or if they wanted to get your book, how would they get a hold of you or, or find you on the internet? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, you can find me at peacewithendo.com is my Mm -hmm. website. So it's the best place to get a hold of me or I am on social media. So I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at peacewithendo is my Mm -hmm. A name there. So usually on those platforms, if you want to connect that way, or you can always shoot me a message over at peacefinder.com. Um, the book is available over there if you want to get an autographed copy or it's over on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble as well. That's so exciting. When did it come out? Uh, it came out on February 22nd. So Oh yeah. So recently. That's amazing. And I will have all of this information in the show notes. So um, people can head over there and to find you as well. And I also do a blog post for these. So it'll be all of your links will be there where people can connect with you. But yeah, I think thank you so much for being on this. I can't wait for people to listen in. I can't wait to finish your book. I'm excited to read more. Um, I'm still learning about chakras. Um, I know a little bit about the throat chakra just because of Hashimoto's, but I'm still kind of learning about that stuff too. So that, um, that's a space that I want to dive into as well. So I appreciated you giving a little bit more information about that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course.